Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, saying to Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. You know my servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what's in your house. And she said, Thine handmaid is not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, bar not a few, uh, even empty vessels, bar not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon you and your sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, as she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said, there's not a vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay the debt, uh, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest. Now, <clears throat> Here's a situation where she was in debt. And he asked her what she had. And all she had in the house was a seed. That's all she had was a seed. Now she's getting into another system here called the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, a seed is what you need. That seed, God will have it so that that seed will allow him to meet your need. Now look at verse 8 of 2 Kings in chapter 4. And just look at this one. And it came uh, and, uh, and it fell on the day that Elijah passed through Shunem. There was a great woman, a woman that had some means, some money. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither into the house and he ate bread. And she said unto her husband, she said, behold now, I perceive that this is the holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes in to this way that he shall turn in thither. He'll have a prophet's quarters. And... It came, fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and he lay there. And he said unto Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto her, to him, talking to his servant, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. Now, what is to be done for you? Would you like to be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? Well, he had some influence, didn't he? And she answered and said, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I'm okay. And he said, no, what is to be done for you? Her. And Gehazi said, well, she has no child, no seed, and her husband is old, meaning that probably past childbearing. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the, in the, in the door. And he said, about this uh, t a season next year, according to the time of life, 
thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaiden. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elijah had said unto her according to the time of life. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying something real important, that a seed is all you need. A seed is all you need. The problem is a lot of times we don't believe in a seed. We don't believe in a seed and you'll find even children that people don't really raise children many times because they don't believe in the seed. They don't believe that seed can carry with them a gift that can make them a billionaire. They don't many times just let kids just run around, don't really, um, you know, many times feed them the word of God or whatever have you, because the seed is not a revelation that they have. Need is a revelation that they have. And God doesn't want you to be need-minded. He wants you to be seed-minded. And I want you from this day to say, wait a minute, from this day, I'm gonna be seed-minded. God wants that. When Satan came into the garden, he was after the seed. And you'll see when Mary was having that child and they had to go down to Egypt because Satan was after the seed. He knows the power of a seed. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, came in as a seed. And look at what harvest he got back. Now I'm saying to you right now, two things, a seed will meet any need. And you've got a seed, everybody has a seed. And then this God, as you sow this seed, understand, that you have a harvest, a right to a harvest to come forth. And this starting right now. Notice what she did. One lady got out of debt with the, with the seed. Not only that, she began to build with that seed and got so much that she and her sons could live off for the rest of their life. Somebody said she became an oil baroness. Not only that, here's the next lady. The next lady had a seed and she didn't have a child. Notice what the seed did. It opened up her womb. A seed of yours can open up a womb. It can cause life to come back into a man who perhaps is past childbearing. That's what a seed will do. It'll heal you, it'll deliver you, and so forth. A seed is the most powerful thing that God has placed down here other than the anointing of God and vision in this earth. And so you gotta be seed-minded because if you got a seed, that's all you need. God bless you. Get your seed ready, sow that seed, sow it for something. Get out of debt, um, uh, something in the body or, or something that you don't have in the house, sow that seed, maybe for a house, <laughs> for a house, down payment, something, sow that seed. God bless you. Thank you for your giving. You can sow your seed into the ministry. And here are the four ways. Online at livingwd.org slash lwcc-donate or simply text lwcc to 28950 via mail at 7306 West Madison Street, Forest Park, Illinois 60130 or if you're in the Chicagoland area you can drop your gift off in person at 7600 West Roosevelt Road, Forest Park, Illinois Thank you so much for your giving James chapter 5 and verse 14. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick 
And the Lord will raise him up, and if been any sins, he'll be forgiven. Keep going. Uh, next verse, please. Mm -hmm. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. For the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So we're talking about prayers that avail much. And this particular segment that we're in right now is called effective prayer, and this is prayer of vengeance. We're still finishing that up, prayer of vengeance. All right, now let's go on to, over to Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought to always pray and not faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came to him saying, avenge me of my adversary. Just a minute, God is really quickening something to me, this. And I wanna, avenge me of my adversary. And there, and he would not for a while, but after, uh, afterward, he said it within himself, though I fear not God nor regarded man, regard man, Yet because this widow woman troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she, she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. All right. Uh, let me just, uh, there's some other things I can go to, but let me just talk from there right quick. All right. Now, this whole idea of vengeance is a necessity of punishing offenders coming from the heart of love. And this is not something that was a part of Jesus' ministry. This is something that is a part of the ministry of God's people. This is the church, church's ministry. And this whole idea of vengeance is not revenge. That's, that revenge is accompanied with hate and, and anger and all, all these kind of things that are not even a part of the spirit of God. So it's not that. It's God himself moving. Over in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30. He says here, for we know him that hath said, vengeance belongeth to me, and I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. So here is God saying, wait a minute, it's not yours. Vengeance belongs to me. I'm the one that's going to do this. And so that's what people have to get an understanding of it, that when God is saying that, he's not saying that he won't take vengeance, he is saying, it's mine. Because I'm, I'm the real one behind uh, this justice that needs to be carried out. And so I see now that we are really having a lot of uproar because people are 
wondering, you know, or waiting to see the justice that should be done against this thing that was wrong, uh, you know, was done um, to Floyd and um, <clears throat> the Floyd. And, and I'm just saying that this justice in the last days, the justice system is going to be, and I've told you this before, the number one target of demonic abuse, the justice system. And so now what you see here is this justice being called for. Now, if you look in the Bible, that um, it's, it's all over the Bible in terms of um, the justice being called for, um, where um, there was justice that was needed uh, in the case of Daniel. There was justice that was needed uh, in the case of, and Daniel uh, was thrown uh, in the lion's den. Uh, the way they got Daniel thrown in the lion's den, of course, was uh, because people uh, framed him up and, and made it so and came against him. And as a result of that, he was thrown in the lion's den. I'm just trying to see where I put some of those scriptures here. So um, what happened was now God comes in and Daniel chapter 6 and verse 24, if you look at that, in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 24, it said, and the king commanded and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the lion's den, uh, uh, into the den of lions, them and their children and their wives and all, the, and the lions had mastery over them and break all the bones, so forth and so on. Now, we don't want anybody to suffer like that, but what it did is Daniel never really tried to point him out or anything like that. It's just that God had made an agreement in his covenant about your life. And if you put it up there in Genesis chapter 12 and verse three in the amplified, I think it's the amplified, uh, I'm not sure which one it is. Every time we go through this, you should have it back there by now. He said, and I will bless you. This is God talking to his covenant people. Uh, I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity and happiness upon you and curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. Um, in you will all the families of the earth be blessed. And by you, they will bless themselves. Now, there's another amplified up there. I don't know why we always go through this same thing. Okay, there's another amplified, please. All right. I will bless, do good for benefit those who bless you. And I will curse, that is, subject to my wrath and judgment, the ones who curse, despises you, dishonors you, uh, has contempt for you, and in you, all the families or nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, whatever pertains to Abraham pertains to you. And so what is happening, you see that Jesus had this point, place of grace, that this wasn't happening in Jesus' life. He, when, when the enemy came against Jesus, he'd just go to another city and whatnot. Now the disciples tried to get ahead of the game. They said, Lord, why don't you call fire down and burn this bunch up? Jesus, you don't know what spirit you're of. So you got to make sure you have the right spirit because the right spirit is the thing that you need to do this. Look at the book of Acts, please. And over in Acts chapter 13, 
And it says here in Acts chapter 13, it says, and this is, um, um, make sure I got the right place. Yeah. Okay. This is the right place. So it says in verse uh, nine, now this was a sorcerer who was influencing the governor. And I think some of that might be happening today, <laughs> but no, I shouldn't have said that. But this sorcerer is influencing governor because he comes in at places, strategic places, meaning um, Satan does cast spells and so forth on people in leadership. And he does it because the people in leadership usually are handling the laws or whatever have you and so forth. And this, what happened? Saul, whose name also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on, on this, uh, this sorcerer. And he said, oh, full of all subtlety and mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Watch this. And now behold, uh, the hand of the Lord is upon you. When you see the hand of the Lord, it's the same thing. I'll show you that back in Exodus chapter three is upon you. And thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. Now notice how he got this man to stop what he was doing. The vengeance of the Lord took over, but notice what he was guided by. He was guided by the spirit of the Lord that guided him and told him what to do to this particular man. Now let's look at another place here and let's look over here at uh, second um, Kings, if you will, and second Kings and chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. Now I just want you to watch this. This vengeance of the Lord is really seen in the Old Testament. I mean, you can see it very clearly. Okay, but second Kings chapter six. And if you look here at, um, okay, let's look, where am I now? Second Kings chapter six. All right, chapter six. All right, then come on down here at verse 15. Um, maybe I don't have time. I'm running out of time here. Um, and when the servant of the Lord, a man of God, was risen early and gone forth, behold, the host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and, uh, and his servants said unto him, Alas, master, what are we going to do now? In other words, he's panicking. He's fearful. And he answered and said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now notice what he's doing now. He's tapping into a spiritual reality. This is where faith works. He's tapping into a spiritual reality. Now, one of the things that I shared with you on the other day is that one of the, one of the, the jobs of Satan and everything that he's got going for him is to keep you from leaving the level of your flesh and of your intellect. He is, he's got to keep you from leaving that level. Because the most of the things of God, which are supernatural, violate your flesh, meaning that your flesh does not agree with it. Or they violate your intellect, meaning that they didn't teach this in that school. I don't care how much schooling you've got, you don't have it. Over in, um, I'm, I'm going to hold that scripture right there. Go over to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9, please. Chapter 2 and verse 9. I want you to see the scripture here. He said this. He said, he will keep thy feet in, of his saints, to keep the feet of his saints. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. Now, what is he saying? 
He is saying by natural human ability, nobody's going to prevail. They can't prevail against Satan. And nobody can take him out. Nobody can take him out. You've got to leave that place of the flesh. Many, much of the church has been carnal. And because they've been carnal, their prayers haven't been working. Because prayer demands that you operate by faith. And faith demands that you leave the flesh or leave the intellect and believe you've received something that you can't even see or physically prove yet. But you've got to believe you've received it. So when you pray, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And so a prayer of unbelief <laughs> probably helped kill it. So my point to you is, is a prayer of faith is what you need. All right, let's go back to where we left off. All right. And Elijah prayed and said, lo, he said, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, it, it comes out, okay, it's real dim at first. I can hardly see it and then it comes bright. All right. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, watch this, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. Now look at the next verse. And when they came down, they were coming to get him. Elijah prayed unto the Lord and said, smite these people with, uh, the people I pray thee with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elijah. Now it's interesting here, smote them with blindness in the New Testament, float them with blindness in the Old Testament. I'm just saying, suppose a group of these thugs would drive up. I'm talking about these people now that are being affected by something other than the spirit of God and drive up to your neighborhood and going to loot the stores or whatnot have you. Wouldn't it be nice if you could command this? Wouldn't it be nice if you had vengeance working for you, that you understood vengeance? Now, I mean, everybody could sit out there and try to protect the property. I understand that. And we could do that. And we have the police and the police are law enforcement. Uh, 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 officers, meaning that they are supposed to enforce a law. Some people, because it's a couple of policemen that did wrong or whatever, they turn against the police. Folks, when you have problems, you call the police. And the police, the Bible read about it in Romans chapter 13, they're people that do judgment. That, that's what they're called for. I was in the military. I was there under orders to defend something and to do judgment. That's what, that's what my calling. And that's why he said in the Old Testament, I told you the, wrong, the soldier's prayer. The soldier's prayer was, you know, when you come back, you'll come back guiltless. Meaning that if you have to do something and, and do, do an ultimate act of defense, then understand the enemy is trying to play with your mind, try to get you guilty. But understand he got the scripture in here that the anointing will keep you and keep you so forth. Now we're talking about justice. Now we're not talking about going out, killing folks, so forth like that. Here's what I believe. I believe if you could have a big net and you could round up all these, these, these people who are doing this breaking in stores and breaking windows, round them up. If you could round them up, I'd take them and I'd put them on a military base. <laughs> I'd put them out there for one year and I'd put the Bible out there with them too. I'd put them out there. I'm telling you, put them in that place and hold them there. That would be their penalty for doing that. And hold them there and teach them discipline, give them mentoring, give them understanding some skills, teach them out there, so forth and so on. I'm saying, true enough, there's, there's a lot of reasons why things are happening like they're happening. When, when I saw that the other night and they were in Minneapolis and they broke in that, uh, uh, they, they set on fire the police precinct 
I, I said, that was a, that was a, a flag that was raised that said, I surrender. You know, that was the wrong thing to let happen because it broadcast a message to every crook all over that he could go in and just ransack the place. That was not good. That was not good. Now, it's interesting what he says in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 1. And I'm just giving you what I can see from the scriptural standpoint. He said, um, 29 verse 2, pardon me, if you would, please, thank you. He said, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people are going to mourn. Now, what's going on out here right now is a lot of political stuff. There's a lot of politic for tat, so forth and so on, political stuff going on. And what, what that is, it causes strife. It causes strife. And look what he says about strife over in 1 Corinthians and chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I'll start at verse 1. He's talking about strife. Now, I know I've kind of gotten off, but I'm trying to bring this thing home to you so that you know, wait a minute, hold on. If I understand the vengeance of God and I can use my faith to invoke vengeance, I can stop anything from coming near my house. I'm stopping it from coming in that old neighborhood I'm living in. I said, no, no, this is my territory. Not coming in here. I invoke vengeance in this place. And I'm telling you, you can't come across that line. God will put a fire around it if he has to. He said here, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Watch this. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying, and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? This, the, the scripture says in the Amplified, as mere men, meaning that you're supposed to walk like God. You're supposed to walk like God. You're the ones that are here for trouble. You trouble trouble. That's one of the biggest things you do. You, you, you come, can command things in this earth. They commanded these angels. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter one and verse 14, you have angels with you. What are they doing? They're to do your bidding. They said, and they, are they not all ministering spirits? They're sent forth to minister for them, not to them, for them. They may minister to you, but that's not what that says. They're gonna minister for you who shall be heirs of salvation. And I'm saying when we don't have that spiritual solution, we have to drop down to a natural solution. Well, that's all right. But the wisdom of God is better than weapons of war. And that's found in Ecclesiastes chapter nine. It's better than weapons of war. And if I know God's wisdom, I'll know what to do. God will tell me what to do. And I can do that and keep anybody from losing lives, whatever have you, or destroying property. Let's go back again to 2 Kings chapter 6 and where we left off in 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm not sure where we left off there. Praise God. You have to find it and put it up if you will. All right, 2 Kings chapter 6. We'll just start somewhere. Just put anything up. All right. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Next verse, please. And keep going. Next verse, please. And when they came down to Elijah, he prayed to the Lord 
And he said, smite this people, I pray thee with blindness. And he smote them with blindness. According to the word of the Lord uh, of, of Elisha. Next verse. And Elisha said unto them, this is not the way, neither is this the city. He said, follow me and I will bring you to the man whom, where, 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 what, what is happening here? Okay. Uh, 19. Is that, uh, okay. Okay, next verse, please. Whom you seek, okay. And it came to pass when they were come into Samaria, okay, that Elisha said, Lord, open their eyes that they, that, uh, of these men and they, that may, they may see. I remember when I was at a church out in um, Kinley, Tinley Park. And, um, well, I wasn't out there. A friend of mine was there. And a guy was speaking out there. If I call his name, you'd know it. He's a powerful uh, evangelist. He has a ministry, in, I think, in Florida. And he was speaking out there. And a man brought his son. He said, uh, I want you to pray for my son. And he said, uh, what, what, um, his son was there and acting, you know, real rebellious. And he said, I haven't been able to get him to go to church. La, 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 la. And he said to uh, the son, he said, son, he said, uh, he said, what, what, uh, what's your name? And uh, his son opened his mouth to speak and couldn't speak. And he said, no, I'm, I'm asking you, what's your name? I couldn't hear you. And his son opened his mouth again to speak and he couldn't speak. And he said, is something wrong with him? Why don't you tell me your name? Now this began to frighten the son halfway out of his mind. He, he, that son gave his life to the Lord. Now I'm saying somehow these demonstrations, somehow there's, there's something to stay one step ahead of the devil because in that same chapter six, what Elijah was doing, he was telling the king which way they were gonna come, cut them off. Oh, they're gonna come over this place. They're gonna come over there. And it was accurate. And it was telling what time they would come so forth and so on. I'm saying that we come back to the supernatural and when we talk about vengeance and things like that, this is a supernatural deliverance. This is supernatural things. This is not something to hurt people. This is something to help you finish your destiny here in this earth. Now, one of the things that I see that we have to do is we have to train up people um, in this world system so that they can occupy positions of influence. Let me give you this right here. The ultimate, I gave it to you on Sunday, I'll do it again. The ultimate purpose for you and I in this, uh, and the main reason for everything that we are and are supposed to do in this life is to bring the kingdom of God to rule upon the earth. Is to bring the kingdom of God to rule upon the earth. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness. What is it? Peace. What is it? Holiness. What is it? Integrity. What is it? Love. What is it? So forth. All of that we're supposed to bring. What is the kingdom of darkness? Hatred. What is it? Bitterness. What is it? Theft. What is it? Murder. What is it? Anger. What is it? Division. All of that is the kingdom of darkness. You and I are here to bring a new kingdom. And if you look in this Bible, Jesus didn't come to fix a broke system. He came to, he, 
Glory to God. Come on, words. He didn't come to fix a system. He came to dismantle it. Take it down. If you look, I don't have time, but the last chapter of the book of, 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 of Genesis chapter, I don't know what's the last chapter, Genesis chapter 47, and this is when Joseph is being raised up and completely taking over. And look what he said in verse 23. And it says this. It said, and Joseph said unto the people, behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you and you shall sow the land. In other words, I'm taking you off the system of buying and selling because you're buying and selling people, you're buying and selling politicians, you're buying and selling so forth, and I'm going to put you over here in a whole new system called the kingdom of God of sowing and reaping. That's it. And I'm saying to you that this whole idea of vengeance is just an elevated uh, thing a piece of knowledge that God has given you that you can have in your tool bag so that you cannot be stopped. Romans chapter eight and verse 31. So that you cannot be stopped. Booker T. Washington didn't try to fight racism because he knew it was gonna be here. Here's what it says. What shall we say to these things? If God be for me, no man can stand against. He read that. He read that. He taught his people on the kingdom. He taught it, so they came off a farm. They didn't have houses, they didn't have land, they didn't have credit, they didn't have plows, they didn't have anything. He started them with nothing, but he's showing him that if you have God, you can get everything. And the tendency is that this nation is trying to get God out of the picture. God is showing you something. You tell me that the church is not essential, I'll take my hands off and I'll show you what will happen to you. And I'm saying God's people need to understand, we're going to bring God back. We're not going to be ashamed of saying Jesus. We're not going to be saying, well, the Lord will help me. We're not going to be saying, see, they think, well, he's real religious. Don't even pay any attention to that. We're going to bring God back on the scene. He's not coming to fix a broke system. That system was set up by the enemy and he's trying to keep it rolling. But you are going to establish a brand new system. You're going to bring a system in here where every day is going to be peace and so forth. Now when the church is taken about, of course the enemy's darkness will take over. But we're not going to leave here owing money, uh, half uh, having church. We're not going to leave here like that. We're going to leave here taking over. And that's where God wants us, not to hurt people, but to lengthen their lives. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. You look at those stats right now. The poor got poorer in the last um, um, uh, two years. Look at it. The middle class lost middle class status, lost e the economy, the, the household went, went down. And look at the next thing. The next thing is the rich got 19%. Not, uh, they climbed. So the money is going in the wrong way. But here we are. We're supposed to bring that money back. We're supposed to understand there's a wealth transfer that's supposed to take place because now we're going to come in and we're going to make sure that the poor are taken care of. The neighborhoods are going to be turned into the gardens of Eden and so forth because the kingdom is our purpose for being here in this earth. 
It's our number one purpose. He said over in Matthew chapter 24 and, and, and verse uh, 14, he said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, then shall the income. And I'm saying, as long as you hear, you're going to have racism. As long as you hear so forth and so forth. I know that. I understand that. But it's not going to affect you. So you don't have to get mad at nobody in the White House. You don't have to get nobody in the, in the outhouse. You don't have to get. Only thing you want to do is pray that the righteous be in authority. And understand that if God be for you, there ain't a man that can stand against you. Look at the Washington said, hey, I understand marching. I understand this. He said, but I'm going to train up some people with indispensable skills and undeniable value. And he trained up millionaires. And I'm saying he ended up in the White House. George Washington Carver attracted to him. Look at George Washington. In, ended up with the Ways and Means Committee talking about a peanut. And they said, take all the time you need. Look who's making their name great. Why? Because he promised it. He said in Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you, he didn't say if they like you, if they love you, they didn't like jo Joseph. He was a Jew in the middle of Egypt, but look what he, he was a man. And I'm saying God wants to do something for you. Raise up Esther to deliver a whole nation of people. So don't be listening to the naysayers. I tried that. I started a bank and, and my people didn't like it. I'm just saying when I say that, you know what I mean. But my point to you is, I, no, don't, 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 wait. Don't let them masquerade on you. Don't let them, you, be, you, you get bamboozled. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're pro probably not the man. If you got a problem, it's right in your heart. You get Jesus in your heart. He'll take you to dismantle a system that's broke and crooked and can't feed people. And people can't hardly save any money. And they're still draining the money out of them. That's a broke system and we're going to fix it. Praise God. Trust you got something out of that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, we're going to fix this out here. Now, the first thing you're going to do is talk right. And when God saw darkness, he talked. He told you to imitate him. Talk right. Praise God. Thank you, God. We'll be by July, whatever, we'll be back. In the, thank you, God, all this crime in my neighborhood. I cancel it right now. You know what I'm saying? Get angels something to do. This is your time. Glory to God. Hello, this is Pastor David Winston. I want to thank you for joining us on today's online streaming service. If you'd like to get the notes from today's teaching, or if you've received salvation, I want you to go to livingwd.org. You can fill out our online form and we'll send you some next steps and a free gift to introduce you into the body of Christ. Also, if you'd like more on-demand teaching, go to our YouTube channel where we have dozens of messages uh, that are there to inspire you and build you up so you can feed your faith and starve your doubts. Also, if you need prayer, you can call our prayer call center at 877-543-9443. And lastly, don't forget to connect with us on our social media platforms. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you again real soon.